Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hello. Well, hello, Chet. Hello, Mike. You are you are now past the thing you've been fighting and struggling with for for months. Yeah, thank it's God over. it's over. Thank God. Yeah, I felt like I got up. My, my schedule is so screwed up. My sleeping schedule is so screwed up. Um, went to bed at midnight and got up at five this morning because I've been used to staying up all all night. I'm just totally out of whack. It'll be like Christmas by the time you're back to your normal schedule again. It'll probably take you like two months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hoping I could stay up all day today and not go to bed early and get back in the swing of it. But um, yeah, I felt I just yeah, I'm so in work mode that even as exhausted as I am, I got up and I just feel like I have to be doing something. It's really weird to try and make myself not work. It's kind yeah, of, I know that feeling. It's kind of a mind fuck, you know. Well, and I've noticed like for myself, I have this thing where I always have more to do in a day than I could possibly do. And I always tell myself that I'm going to do more than I could possibly do. I don't know why I do it to myself, but every time I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, and F. And I'm like, have it all figured out, you know? And then of course, inevitably, I'm only going to get to A, B, and C. Like, I I mean, even though I have these high hopes, I'm going to get to the remainder of those things. It's like... How could I possibly think I could even, I mean, I know how long each of the things take, right? I so I should be able to I figure know. it out, but I still, I line myself up with so much shit. I just feel harried, you know? I do that too. It's like, you know, I'm always trying to get ahead is what it is. I think, right. you know, but anyway, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the American way. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're both wasted, tired. So uh, we'll we'll try and keep the energy up for the show, but uh, we're going to talk about the fear opening. Cause yeah, because I wasn't there. Yeah, so I was just thinking I'll tell Mike about it and then tell you guys about it at the same time. See, that's perfect. Yeah, it's two birds with one stone because he was going to tell me about it anyway. We'd have been <laughs> skyping for like forty minutes before we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, a great turnout. It was. A lot of people, but it was not so many people that it was claustrophobic. It was like kind of the perfect amount of people, you know, like dystopia. E, well, I don't remember. It was probably more more people at dystopia, I think. Mm. But it wasn't like conjoined, where conjoined mm-hmm. is just like line out the door. It was it was you know a little more mellow, but it was full. It was good. Um, it's always nice to you know when you get a packed house but but it's not really great for enjoying the artwork when it's too crowded so it was it was good that was uh, a good crowd and um sold sold um all the pieces all the paintings except for two and there's inquiries on those right now so i might have my first sold out show which would be pretty cool yeah that would be amazing i usually just so what sell are the, about what are half the paintings, the paintings. What are the paintings with the inquiries in case of someone's listening and whoever has their inquiry drops the ball so we can make this a sellout show? Yeah, it's a uh, spider baby and spider lady. Ah, yeah, that's really <laughs> kind of cute. actually. <laughs> spider lady and her spider baby. 
Yeah. And all the little plaques sold. So it was great. It was great. Um, uh, it looked, the show looked really great. It was, uh, I was concerned that there was not a ton of pieces because I only did eight pieces, but I had the clown piece as the centerpiece, which is a larger painting. And then in between each piece, I had a plaque. So it was plaque painting, plaque painting, alternating all around the room in the small room. And then on one of the walls in between the two, two of the, the paintings and the plaques in, in between that was the soft spot bronze. Since, mm-hmm. since the little plaques kind of were like a faux bronze, it, it went fit perfectly in the show. Cool. So it looked, re- it looked really good. I think it was, you know, probably the most, I had a couple people tell me they thought it was the best show I'd ever done, which is, you know, kind of crazy because I've done some big shows. Yeah. This was a bit minimalistic in yeah, comparison, but what was cool about it, it was very um, cohesive. It just looked really clean and everything went together. It was real simple, but it just looked really looked perfect. So, um, uh, then in the, I had this canvas, a large, I think it was, it was really big. It was like Gary had a, a Gary from Copro had a, the pale man painting. I did blown up into a 30 by 40 inch canvas G clay. Oh, cool. And I did my first hand embellished G clay, which was really oh, cool. Wow. We just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. I took it to, I did it at the gallery because, because we were setting the show up. <laughs> Sounds so right. I painted it. <laughs> but I just painted what'd it. You, about, what'd you do? I put, I, I painted uh blood all over its mouth. Like it just had killed somebody and oh, just okay. eaten, you know, and it was all over his hands. So it was called the fresh kill edition. That's one, cool. One man. of a kind. Yeah. That's so, that's so funny. We just had the episode this last time and talking about, oh, I really want to try this hand embellished <laughs> canvas clay. And then like within however many days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I kind of ripped Gabe off a little bit because Gabe told me about this one he did where he splattered blood all over it. I think it was a little mm-hmm. more impressionistic. You know, it wasn't like blood on the characters, but it was more like he kind of painted red and um, yeah, almost like, well, but Gabe's to me, I mean, this is just my interpretation, but Gabe's paintings are almost like the way I see them is like first person POV. And for those of you out there who don't know what POV means, it means point of view. So like when I look at a Gabe painting, I feel like it's from my perspective. Like I'm the one looking at the scene that's happening. Like I'm another person that's part of the scene that's occurring. I'm just, I happen to not be shown in the painting cause I can't be, I'm right. looking through the painting, you know, and that's how his paintings feel to me. So like, a, you know, blood splattered across the front is almost, almost for me as a filmmaker would be like the camera lens where right. they do the real, you know, you're in a war scene and all of a sudden there's like blood on the camera lens, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like that kind of is the feeling for me of Gabe's pieces are Gabe. almost this kind of a POV. Whereas Gabe. yours to me don't, Gabe, Gabe Leonard, we're talking about. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe, Leonard. Gabe Leonard. Your pieces to me, on the other hand, I don't get the feeling of POV at all. I feel like I'm just kind of like observing something that is that has been painted, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like his to me look more like a, a you know, a scenario from a film that is right. like a, a still, a, a, you know, frame a, out of a, a reel or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's why that he calls himself the cinematic artist because stuff is very mm-hmm. cinematic. I had someone say to me that was a really great compliment was um, that they felt like the that they weren't looking at the paintings. They felt like the paintings were looking out at them. They, That's great. Yeah, they, they felt like they were looking through a window and these things were looking at them, which is like perfect. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Um, so that went 
Well, the, the 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 in the big room was the Guillermo del Toro tribute show, and um, and uh, that was really cool. Although the guy who put it together didn't, I don't think he even showed up. It was there's a weird thing that happened with the the del Toro show because, hmm. yeah, there was some split between the two guys who organized it, and um, the one guy that I know well, which is Gary Gary Diocampo. Mm-hmm. He's like Guillermo's buddy and kind of helps him out with stuff. He and this other guy split. So it wasn't both of their artists together. It was just this one guy's artist. So it was, oh, okay. and then he didn't even show up, I don't think. So it was really weird. It was weird. Ooh, it was strange. But there were a lot of great pieces, and Brahms' piece was really amazing. And I think they sold it, um, which was cool. And Brahm was there, Brahm and his wife, Lori. And uh, they're really cool. Brahm's big, big inspiration for my artwork. And um, so I got to talk to them for a bit. Um, there was just, you know, it was what, the thing that was, you know, the coolest thing about the show that I came away with was the positive energy of the show it was so great. It was so upbeat. And it, you know, uh, it, it, I don't think it was just because everyone was telling me how great I was or whatever, you know, coming up and complimenting me because mm-hmm. that happens at a show, you know, yeah, that's people, every show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. You know, of course it's very nice, but, um, other people were saying that, you know, amongst themselves, they were saying how the vibe, yeah. How they were saying, you know, one, one girl said to me. Yeah, if my mom came into this show, she would say it was evil. And and I've already made like three new friends here because everyone's so friendly and talking mm-hmm. to each other. And and it's it's I, I really think that kind of gets overlooked a lot, or, or or maybe taken for granted a little bit. That these, especially these dark art shows, have such a positive energy to them. You really go there and you and you feel energized and you feel connected with all these people and it's like we're all part of this family it really feels that way you know mm-hmm. every you know i think it does too yeah yeah i mean it's i'm sure it's like that you felt that right at the other shows you've been to oh yeah there's yeah. i mean that's the thing about it is like and i've in my life i've had a lot of experiences around groups of people in various atmospheres and various different kind of tribes as it were mm-hmm. you know i mean when i was a kid in high school we would hang out downtown under the freeway and go to shows and my tribe was the punk rockers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it had its vibe and and everything. And I've had, I've cherry picked a lot of different scenes as it were over my life. And this is definitely hands down the most positive, like you said, um, just really the people you meet are so genuine and they're so transparent and Mm -hmm. they're very present and available and, you know, they're accessible and they're, and they're, they're not um, in any way, shape or form, snobby or stuffy you know there's just this really open feeling and this sensation of like you said it seems somehow diametrically opposed to the content of the show which is the beauty of this whole dark art movement is that you look at these pieces and you're like jesus that's terrifying you know (laughs) 
But th- then you got these people standing around having these amazing conversations and making friends. And now, you know, who knows how long they'll be connected. And for me, it's kind of a sense of reunion because I live, as you know, in the middle of nowhere. So all my interactions with the vast majority of people are on social media, you mm-hmm. know? So when I get to go to a show, I get to meet a bunch of people that I've never even seen their face, but shit, I might've been chatting with them for four years, you right. know? So there's this also this kind of coming together of people that you always really wanted to connect with and, and seeing those things come to fruition and be like, wow, this person really is as cool as I thought they were, you know? Yeah, and yeah. all of them are, that's the weird, well, mm-hmm. I can't say all of them, but the vast majority and certainly more than in any other scene I've ever been involved. Right. Yeah. 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 And and it's, you know, it's funny because in a, uh, you know, say more of a, uh, I don't know, more of like a hippie type of show or where there's more like hippie kind of people, you know, I've been to events like that and it feels more like everyone's pretending to be all positive and upbeat in mm-hmm. a way, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost like, yeah, that's like what you, that's what you, thing. yeah, that's what you'd expect. So everyone is, you know, love and light and this and that, but at yeah, these shows, yeah. it's, it just feels so much more real and so much, it's so feels very safe and comfortable. And, and it feels like people are genuinely really uh, friendly and, and nice. And also, appreciative like there's so i had so many people thanking me for doing what i was doing which is you know the ultimate compliment really um because they appreciate that someone's doing it you know because they realize the value in the in the dark stuff and how it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the easiest path to take when it comes to forging an art career you know so it's it's nice to have that kind of appreciation as well you know that's really important to me Sure. And the other thing I think that's also interesting and and I would say perhaps atypical is that like, for instance, you go to like a, you know, a tattoo convention or something um, and there's definitely going to be a certain quotient of people that are rowdy and intoxicated. You know what I mean? And, and, and perhaps intoxicated enough that they may become disrespectful to the other people that are around them. I have never seen that at one of these shows. Never once. I mean, I saw the one lady who something happened to her and she fell over, but that wasn't, you know, (laughs) That that was an independent situation. That that was rare. Mm -hmm. She just fell over. But yeah, and that was really weird. And everyone was like, whoa, and tried to help. And then, you know, I mean, everyone kind of like jumped jumped to it. But I guess the point that I'm making is, is, you know, you go to these shows and it's not like, you know, people are incoherent or intoxicated or rowdy or noxious or anything. It's like the most, you know, polite, (laughs) well-mannered group of ruffian looking people and all, you know, yeah, all, all wearing as hell. all wearing black and you know but they're all like the friendly friendliest people, <laughs> nice it's, people. Yeah. yeah it's like what i was telling someone there it's you know and i've said this quote before but it's so true that the, that the world is so fucked up now that the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys you know the, <laughs> right, right. the people that you would think the uh you know the 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 businessmen and the preachers and the, you know, church leaders, those are, you know, a lot of times those are the bad guys. And then the people like, you know, the scroungy looking people that are wearing black and covered with tattoos and and pierced up are the good guys and the nice people. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like the it's like you know in the old west, it was like if you were a black hat, you yeah. were the bad guy, and if you were a white hat, you were the good guy. You yeah, know, it's the other way like around. all the guys wearing the black hats are like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? How did we get to be the good guys? <laughs> yeah, so um, 
let's see what a black cowboy hat too which is the irony of yeah that. right that's <laughs> true get about that yeah you got that black hat i love uh, that black hat my yeah. parents bought that hat for me oh uh, really yeah, that's a that's a sweaty. It's got a lot of mic sweat in it. That's for sure. It's not as bad as the boonie hat. You remember that that black Vietnam boonie hat yeah. that I had left at your house? Oh when yeah, you that's what I thought. Like, held between your pointer finger and your thumb, all far out, all like it was like a dead mouse or something. That it would corrode. No, no, I'm talking corrode about my hand. Leather, okay, the, right. The leather one I wear all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, it's sweaty and too. That was the one that I was wearing. We were in in New York, and the one guy was like, he was like, wow. Wow, where do you get a hat that looks like that? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's just, you know, a leather black cowboy hat. And he's all, no, I mean, you know, a rough and like gnarly looking. And I was like, well, you don't get it that way. You wear it until it becomes that way. Yeah. That's burning fires and working outdoors. And, you know, yeah, it was so funny. Yeah, it's not yeah I don't think you could buy one like that. You could take distress. it on the concrete a bunch and maybe it might look something like that. Yeah, distress, the distressed look. Um, Very and no, no harm to the hipsters because I have I have friends that are hipsters. So, but I, I had to say, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. What are the highlights from the show? Um, 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 uh, Dos Diablos was there because he had a couple. He had a couple amazing pieces. I saw pictures that Lee Shamel took of those. Thank you, Lee, for taking. Oh yeah, pictures that's what. Let, let me and the military. Yeah, let me say that before I say anything. Lee Shamel saved my ass because I was planning on molding and casting the frames myself and um he really came in at the last minute and helped me out big time it's it was so nice working with him he's like such a such a pro he so knows what he's doing so um he came in and molded the frames and cast them up for me he did them all of them in like a day or two it was wow. it was crazy yeah i can believe it and they're all perfect actually they weren't perfect but that was perfect I have this, I have this technique of, um, you know, when you do cast res urethanes resin in silicone molds, you have to use, or you, just about anything you have to use a mold release, which is a, like a silicone spray that you spray in the mold so that the material mm -hmm. doesn't stick to the mold. Mm -hmm. And so, um, um, uh, Dan at Silpak told me about someone who is spraying paint prime, like primer in their molds to use as as mold release hmm. and and then your paste your piece comes out pre-painted and it also hmm. works as a mold release so it's kind of cool so so i've been doing that with my frames ever since i started casting these so um anyway like regular uh, old paint primer like it's a special kind of flat black primer i found i think it's i think it hmm. is krylon but it's it's like a good pretty good spray yeah but regular spray paint spray hmm. paint cool flat cool. black primer and uh so Lee had never done that before. So he, he uh, was using that technique and some of the casts came out with little like dimples on them mm. here and there. And it ended up looking so cool that it looked aged. Oh, wow. And, nice. And, and so I ended up the ones that didn't come out with the dimples. I ended up matching them with a Dremel tool. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> it looks crazy. so good. It so was, was like, it because of like air bubbles or something? I think it was maybe because the paint was fuming still, or maybe it wasn't dry enough, or I'm not sure. I still haven't figured hmm. it out because some of the casts of the um, the little wall plaques that I made, um, I had the same problem with those. And normally I don't have that problem. So I think it may have been like the, the paint wasn't all the way dry and it was 
fuming. It was chemicals were coming off it still, and mm. it was cast or something. But anyway, it looked really good. <laughs> so, That's cool. Yeah. So a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then the the other cool thing that happened was I uh, I had to do that. Uh, you know, one sculpture for all the 11 by 14s. And then I had that 16 by 20 piece. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I explained this a little bit. I did a live. Um, I, have you seen the video I posted on Facebook? And I haven't even been on. I oh, haven't yeah. done a post in like three days because oh, okay. my folks are in town. So yeah. I'm just offline right now. Well, if you get a chance, you could I do like a little walkthrough and oh, I, cool. I posted it on Facebook. Um, and I explained that the I didn't have a frame for the 16 by 20 clown painting. Um, so. Uh, you know, Lee had an idea where he kind of squished the mold a little bit and because it's hard to explain, but he squished the mold in a way that it bent the other way. So it wasn't oblong in the same way. Mm -hmm. It was oblong the other way wide Mm -hmm. instead of top to bottom. It was side Mm -hmm. to side oblong. And then he cast up a frame and then we sat there with a jigsaw and cut it in four pieces and then attached those to a, 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 16 by 20 wooden frame. And then I filled the the space in with epoxy putty and scul- oh, wow. sculpted it to match. And it looks so good. It looks so cool. And it was wow, a total cool. one of a kind frame. You know, it's not, I didn't, it wasn't molded and cast. So it's like, right, that. there's no way to replicate right, that. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I so, did see, I remember you cause the, one of the images you, the Siamese clown with the frame that I shared of yours on the day. Cause I shared, you know, your shit everywhere. Sorry, social media people, but I have to do it. Um, <laughs> and I shared that one and you you called it a one-off and I wasn't right. sure why you said that. So now of course I understand. Yep. Yeah. It was, you know, based on parts cast from it, from the mold. It's so much fun doing stuff like that. I love doing, you know, fabricating like that. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really kind of like last minute, but yeah, Everything, everything clicked at the last minute with this show, aside from all these tons of synchronicities that started happening right around the show and the day of the show, all these just weird synchronicities came up, which happens a lot. It seems like when good things are going on, like, you know, remember all the, all the ego death ones, that was like three months of crazy synchronicities. Um, so there was definitely that good energy going, good vibe. And, um, so yeah, so uh um Dos Diablos was there with his girlfriend um Karina. Cool. And she's a she's a great painter too. And uh he had he had two pieces in there that are really great and Yeah, I liked both of them. Yeah, yeah, they're great. So um I I was able to introduce him to Gary and Erica from Capro and cool. I, th- I think he's gonna do a little show with them there, which is great. So I kept telling nice. keep telling Gary, you gotta show this guy, I'm telling you. Um you know, there's other ones that have gotten away. I told you about, and you didn't get them in time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So you got to listen to me. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. And, uh, they were really, really, really nice, really nice, happy vibes everywhere. Um, everyone had a good time. Uh, Vicky was there with her dog, Vincent. I don't know if you know, Vicky who owns pan pipes, uh, a cult store. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if you met her, but she's really cool. Uh, collector and she was there with her little dog Vincent super cool little Italian greyhound I think so that was cool um, seeing them and uh, who else was there that was oh Andrew and Deborah Hawkins came down from Seattle right. which was cool I know I, I really wanted to go and I know and I wish you could not only to see you but to hang out with them <laughs> I know I wish you would have been able to come but they're coming by 
since they're in town, they came all the way down for the show. I told them I'd take them to Zello. Oh yeah. You got to take them and show them your studio and take so, them to Zello. Yeah. So I got to clean the studio after this. And, um, cause that's the other thing There's the aftermath, the chaos of the messy studio is a, is a wreck. So, well, I'm, I'm not going to get a hangout with Deborah, but, uh, in no, the beginning of November, Andrew's coming out here. Oh, cool. He supported my Mysterian Kickstarter and he got the Land of Enchantment tour. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the Shamanic Land of Enchantment tour. So he's going to come out here in the beginning of November and I'm going to take him out. And we're actually going to source a bunch of the sage and various items that I'll be utilizing in some of the wards and sculptures that people got as rewards for the Kickstarter. Oh, that's fun. So he'll actually be involved in the ritual aspect and I can, you know, he, he's, he was the biggest backer. So he'll be able to, you know, get a, a first eye view on the inspiration behind the game and, and the Oracle and all of that. That'll be fun. When is that? That's going to be in the beginning of November. I, Deborah can't come out, which is a bum. Uh, Cause I'd love to have them both out, but at least he'll get to come out and that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in guys. Uh, now, uh, let me see, let me see what other, there, there must've been some other exciting th- things from the show. Um, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, uh, I did a, a print signing also. That was kind of cool. I had the spider face. I did a spider face limited print of 20 i'm doing uh these smaller editions for the, just for cop to sell and for the opening so i did the clown uh siamese clowns and the spider face i was printing them the day of the show you know prepping them and printing everything minutes before i was out the door to come out there i was printing them and packing them up uh, but they came out really good and so uh people that that came to the show were able to buy a print and then i would i did like little doodles on them Nice. Yeah, which is pretty cool. You're, yeah, your doodles are a hot ticket. When I did those, uh, I like to paint monster grab bags recently because I did. Uh, I had a bunch of that that swag left over. Well, it's not really swag; it's a lot cooler than that. But I call it that anyway. And right. I did those. Uh, some of the posters, the ILTPM posters, had those big sharpie drawings you'd done on the back of them. People just love that, you know. Yeah, well, I, I, they might even flip it over and not even have the poster be outward; they just have the draw the white <laughs> drawing and the signature <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, it's anytime there's an original uh, piece involved, you know, people like the original aspect of it, the one of a kind thing, you know, it's the same with yeah, the, the signed paintbrushes too. I'll tell you those people, I mean, I didn't know who was getting what I was just randomly throwing shit into things that weren't labeled. Then I closed them all and taped them shut. And then I printed out labels and just threw labels on. So I wouldn't know. Cause the whole thing is like, that would right, be fair. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that's how, that's how I keep myself eth- ethical, you know, maintain yeah. my integrity. But uh, so, yeah, but some people, you know, at the end, what I did after they're all labeled is I took them and kind of like rotate them cause they're poster tubes. And the ones that made the the paintbrush sound, I knew that person got a paintbrush. I didn't have a choice about it, but I wanted to know. I was like, you know, so it's just fun. It's exciting to know that because people that's a that's a cool thing to have a signed Chet, Chet's our paintbrush, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like I think it's kind of a cool idea, especially if it's you know, you know it was painted, stuff was painted from this show. Those were all ego death ones, yeah, actually. Yeah. Ones that I, that's how long I've been sitting on them. So yeah, um um like I said, one thing uh, to mention, we sold out all the plaques and um, I think this is the way to go too. I did a, an edition of 10 of these plaques and I think I'm going to start doing 
lower edition numbers for the resin pieces and and doing multiple variants for different editions. Like, you know, we easily sold out of 10 plaques. Normally I would do like 50 plaques or something like that. But the, the less amount of, of uh, pieces, the more valuable it is. And it sells faster. It makes them more, um, you know, more collectible in a way because there's less of them mm-hmm. that exist. So um, I'm going to do uh, another, I'm going to keep doing editions of that plaque because I love that plaque. Um, so I'm going to do like a black edition where it's just the cool. bla- black with the polished surface and, you know, probably a silver, like a silver dry brush the same way I did with mm-hmm. that bronze color. So I'll do, you know, a small edition of that. A red one's going to look cool. I was about to say, you should do a red one. <laughs> yeah. Do a red one. The dry brush, that red one, like the, uh, conjoined heart, little conjoined mm-hmm. heart thing I did. I think it'll look really good. But yeah. the other cool thing is I have a, the mold of that. So, um, I'm going to cast, I'm going to keep doing different variations of the sculpture because I have the mold and I can pour in monster clay, melt monster clay and pour it in. Cause that stuff melts as thin as wax. So you can pour it in just like pouring, you know, candle wax in a mold, but it's much more sculptable. So I can pull that out have the frame, everything, basically that plaque in clay again. And then I can sculpt a different face and change the frame a little oh, cool. bit, you know? Cool. So uh, it's, it's kind of an easy, an easy way to do more sculpture stuff. It's easy to display on the wall. It looks nice and it's easy to mold. It's easy to cast. So mm-hmm. therefore it doesn't have to be super expensive because there's not seaming involved and, you know, two piece molds or multiple piece molds. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I really want to do more sculpture. You know, one of these, one of these days I'm going to do a sculpture show. I'm dying to yeah, do a sculpture I, I want to show. See that. I mean, it'd be so cool. You've just, even told me some concept ideas you have for some sculpture shows that are, I just think are fucking incredible. It's just the amount of capital involved in them is like, yeah, it would have know, to be kickstarted. Stupid. Yeah. It would have to be kickstarted, but it would be, I think it'd be something everyone could get, get behind because, Oh, fuck yeah, dude. you know, it's like you, you do maquettes, you do a small maquette and then you do the life-size version. And then the, the, you can also you can sell the life size versions as rewards, but you could also sell the maquettes as rewards. Yeah. You know those would be more affordable. So, um, but yeah, I could just imagine all my major characters, fifteen or twenty sculptures, busts from the you know shoulders up of of uh, sculptures like Soft Spot, but you know Black Magic and um, Abandoned and all these kind of more classic ones would be so cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So, you know, one of these days, <laughs> one of the many things we need to do. Yeah, Jesus. I know. You got to get the book done now. And now that I'm done with this show, I can finally get to focus on the book. I got to get these um, uh, black and gray painting studies I pre-sold way back when, mm-hmm. you know. I got to get those done and get back on the book and get back on commissions. So I can kind of get back on all the stuff I need to. So, uh, you know, we're still shooting for end of end of the month to get everything to Mackie to, for the graphic design. Yep. And then once that's done, we can get it printed. So it's going to be soon, relatively yep. speaking. And, <clears throat> I yeah. think it, I think it'll probably end up being you know somewhere near the end of the first quarter of 2018 by yeah. the time it actually is starting to roll out the door. But nevertheless, that's 
you know, that's a hell of a lot closer now, realistically speaking, than it was, you know, in January of this year. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's getting close. It's getting close. Well, and not to mention all the discoveries that we've made throughout the year. I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that have informed the finer details of the book as we've progressed throughout these months. And, you know, had we rushed to actually get it together and get it out there, we would have missed some integral information. So we're not shooting in the dark here. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to have been so worth the wait just with all, you know, the, the whole world is, you know, I would say that because it took so long, it's probably going to be twice as good as it would have been if we would have rushed it out just as far as information and having the backstory. Yep. Yep. Totally. So, so yeah, I'm uh but man, let me tell you when that thing is done, I'm going to have a party like I've never partied before. <laughs> no shit. That's been a long project, you know? Yeah. And- it's, and it's not only that, but I mean, for you in, in many ways, not, I mean, I say a long project because we kickstarted it, you know, a while ago, but a long project for you, because you realize that all of the material you've been producing for 15 plus years is part of that. And so it's, right. you know, it's your, it's the beginning of your kind of the, uh, uh, organization of your life's work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it would, it would make sense that it's, you know, taking this long because it really is the beginning of something big and I don't want to, you know, half-ass it. I don't, I, yeah. You know, it's yeah. got to be set up properly. Um, my so. parents have been here. This is off subject, but my okay. parents have been here and look at this. See this watch? Uh-huh. I got this. This is this is a family heirloom. Look at this thing. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's check it out. It's one of these, you know. Oh, very cool. Yeah, isn't that neat? Yeah. Anyway, I'm just showing Chet this amazing like family heirloom watch that I got. I, evidently, my my grandmother is you know she's 95 and they're starting to kind of liquidate a bunch of her stuff she doesn't care about and get it to she's the family. She's still alive, members. huh? Yeah. Wow, yeah. 95. Yeah. That's amazing. And and so I got a couple things, but that was one of the things. And I've always loved pocket watches. I just think pocket watches are super cool, you know. Yeah, they are. And so yeah, and I've I, you know I had no idea this even existed. So it's pretty cool. It's got like it, on the front this hunter guy like with hunting dogs. And, yeah. You know, it's like it's very turn of the century <laughs> yeah it's really cool turn of the the, the previous century guys <laughs> for those millennials listening <laughs> uh well okay um i mean we you know the truth of the matter is if it ends up being a little short just because we don't have a whole lot we don't have to drag it out but you know that's I, true I, I think people will understand you just got through a major push and you didn't miss a single week of this podcast <laughs> that's true that. that's true that's i mean true. so you know that's something <laughs> and obviously you know but i think they can everybody could probably tell based on our energy levels that both of us are <laughs> played out as i just mentioned my folks are in town that's why i was showing chet this family heirloom and so i'm entertaining and they're here and of course i have three dogs and a wife and there's a lot going on so i'm also pretty played out myself so yeah, yeah. but it was it's super fun to get to hear about these shows because again it's like were it not for people like patrick ty and lee shamel who go in there and basically canvas the entire place with their cameras and take really yeah, nice pictures I know. Of people I know. like us you know that's a huge deal i really appreciate that but then to get to hear you talk about it when i don't get to be there because i haven't missed a show in a while i mean it's been right. since 2014 that i missed any shows so oh, that's true yeah if I would have had the money, I would have paid for you to come out, but I didn't even, that's the cool, the cool thing about almost selling the show out is that I was down to, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So, you know, I, I couldn't even afford to have you have to, to fly you out for the show or anything. Oh yeah. I know. But, um, now I got some money so I can, uh, 
and I also don't have this this show to worry about anymore, which is, you know, the, the, the difficulty about having these solo shows for me is that I make most of my money from the, from web sales rather mm-hmm. than originals. So, and you're not supposed to really, um, compete with your show. You know, you're really supposed to kind of not, uh, a little, a little art tip is, um, you know, bef- up before a show, you're not really supposed to be making a lot of sales, you know, you're, you're supposed to be saving, saving it, hold, holding product back so that people will buy stuff at your show, your big event, you know, so the for like three months before you're not really supposed to have web sales and stuff. But I, ha- I had to have a, a one, at least one web sale uh, before the show because I needed money. But um, so now that I'm freed up from the show, I can release some new release some new stuff and I've got some. You know, I've got all these prints, all these new paintings now I can do prints of and I can do these new editions of the plaques and the holidays are coming up, which is my big sales yeah, yeah. time. And it's how, ha- and you know, it's Halloween month too. Halloween, so I can do yeah. some, I want to do some, uh, well, Halloween's is big uh, for people that are into Halloween as Christmas mm-hmm. is for people that are into Christmas shit. Right. <laughs> so I can do some studies now. I can do some Halloween studies. I need to do some more core movie studies or Halloween Seriously. type studies. So I'm going to try and make some time for that. So now that I'm freed up from the show and that's all done, I'll, I'll be able to get back on track and, um, you know, start getting back to paying my bills on time and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to tell I wish you about I had, that. I wish I had some kind of like a, I wish I had some kind of a game plan that would, that I could even look at to say, if I do this, this, and this, I can get back onto the schedule of paying my bills. on time. <laughs> hey man, it's only been since, you know, it's really only been since the last couple of years that I've been able to um, probably since I started doing those first Halloween studies yeah. and selling studies that I've been able to go, OK, I know these will sell. You know, these are selling so I can do this when I need money. That has been such a huge thing. And it took a long time for my in my career to get to that point. But that's like a huge thing for me to be able to kind of kind of know that things are probably going to sell. Oh yeah. When I need the money, deal. it's, 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 totally. it's really, really, really cool. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, so yeah, lots of big things coming, lots of big things planned. Um, you know, I definitely want to do something with Lee also do some kind of collaborative sculpture for conjoined maybe. Cause he's, That'd be cool. yeah. Cause he's got uh skill and a shitload of experience. It's funny because him and I have both been, in the business, probably the same amount of time, about 25 or 30 years or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, we both kind of know everything second, second nature. So it's, it's, it's really cool to work with them. Well, you guys are about to collaborate a little bit anyway on my Mysterion uh, oh, right. right. thing. Yeah. Because you Mysterian. Now, now that you're done with your fear, uh, you're, you're going to help me with my, uh, the tabletop box oh, yeah, and the yeah, dice shaker. Yeah. And then Lee and you are both going to work on that. So that'll be one opportunity that's pre-conjoined true, true. to uh, start to actually dial in that whole process. Right. And that, I, that new idea for the shaker, the barrel shaker, idea I had. Well, I think I can translate that to the box as well and make the box really cool. I was thinking about it. Oh, cool. Um, you know, just the whole idea of sculpting it flat and then wrapping it around. I can take those pieces and also so the so the box and the and the shaker will 
be cohesive and, and look like yeah, they go together. Yeah. It'll be really cool. So yeah. Yeah, I love. Well, and you're gonna and you're and basically at this point, as far as I I've determined, I'm gonna be making these dice myself, and so Chet's gonna be having to walk me through the process of trying to figure out. We have a bunch of good ideas to do it, but I just there weren't enough that were purchased to have to mass produce them. You know, right. so they'll be special for these people that get them because there's only gonna be like you know ten or fifteen of right. them or something. But it's gonna be an interesting learning curve for me too because I've never done any of the things that you and I are talking about to achieve this particular goal. So yeah, it's going to be, it it may take longer, but I think there'll be really signature items one way or another. That's true. That's true. I think that's going to take off. I mean, I I think it's got potential to take off the Mysterian card game, you know, know, it's it's, such a cool idea. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's funny. My parents are here obviously. And so I'm talking with them about, you should have them do it. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) And, and so I, you know, I, my parents know kind of what goes on in my life, but shit, we live a long way away from each other, you know, and we sometimes only talk every couple months or so. So they're here and I'm telling them all about Mysterian because they're curious. They're asking questions. So I'm showing them all the proofs for the cards, the backs and the fronts and telling them about it. You know, normally if you're explaining something to your 70 year old father and mother, if it's, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're sharp. They're smart. But still, if it's if it's techie at all, they're, you're going to lose them. Right. And so the beauty of it was that I I explained how to play the game and they both were like immediately understood it. We're like, wow, that's really cool. That's really interesting. So, you know, get a 70 year old who's interested (laughs) in it. And then I got 20 year olds. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Uh, Yeah. That's what's one of the great things about it. It's so simple, but it's still, you know, it's still, um, complex in a way, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's simple to use. So I, I got, you know, high hopes for it. We're going to, we're talking about selling it in the store of doom, you know, putting it for sale on there. Maybe, yeah, I'd love yeah. to. And actually, I'd, I'd, you know, right now, in fact, I've paid the money and they're actually in production and will be shipped to me soon enough. So I sooner than later would love to be able to offer pre-sale to people. Right, I yeah. offered I offered it on Facebook, but uh, nobody bit. So it's easier, you know, when you got a buy button right there. Well, it's easier when you have, you know, yeah, any kind of reach like that. I don't yeah. really have reach for selling things. That's not really right. what I do. I don't really sell sell things to make money. Right. <laughs> I wish I could better. better. <laughs> well, you know, you're building your career. Um, that is the process. You know, one thing I want to mention too uh, uh, is that one guy, the, Gary's got this thing. Gary Pressman is the guy who runs Copro Gallery, and uh, Erica Miller is his girlfriend, and they both pretty much do everything at the, at the gallery. And uh, yeah, they're great. And they, yeah, and they really uh, put on a great show. They always put great shows on. Their shows are amazing erica sets up the always sets up hangs the artwork so well it looks so nice in there she really did a, an amazing job um but they have this thing on the copra website called art money and it is so cool they've got they did their i think it's was like their first time um their first sale like they just recently got affiliated with this program and what it is it's it's credit they offer you credit for art sales and it's put, it was put together by someone who was an art dealer. Hmm. So, um, it's a, it's like a special credit line for buying art only. So you, huh. yeah, you put it's, you have to apply, but you apply online. It's really easy and quick. And so you put 10% down of the piece and then you have, I think nine or 10 months to pay it off and you get the, you get the art piece as soon as the show's down, you don't have to wait until you're paid up because, oh, wow. because it's like, the it's the, the financial issue after after the sale goes through is through the the buyer and the then the credit issuer so the gallery's mm-hmm. like they you know they got their money 
they ship the painting, you get the artwork and then you just make payments on it like 10%, you know, for nine months or whatever. So, oh, it's, that's you cool. know, it's like, two, you know, depending on the, you know, $2,700 painting, like those paintings I got, $2,750 would be $275 bucks down and $275 bucks a month until it's paid yeah, off. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. So, um, that's an option now for buying artwork from Copro or and if anybody wants either of these two pieces that are left, if they don't sell from these other, um, uh, buyers that, uh, you know, you could do it through art money, you know, and it's, uh, talk about a one, a good, good reason to get some credit. <laughs> you know? Well, and you know, and the truth of the matter is, and, and for a lot of people out there, I'm actually shocked by, this is totally tan. This is totally a tangent, but, uh, I'm often, That's okay. shocked. we need tangents today. Yeah, right. I'm often shocked by how often people don't, even people that are my age, you know, don't really understand how, how to exercise their credit. I mean, really like it's, you know, it's not a, it really isn't a complex thing and it's a vitally important thing in our world. You might hate the credit system. You may not like it. You may not even believe in it, but it is the way the financial system in the United States of America works, certainly. And certainly in other first world countries, the point is, is that if you don't exercise it, you will have derogatory credit. <laughs> you yeah, know right. I mean? You have to kind so, of buy you know, into it. you got to play mm-hmm. the game to whatever degree. And so, you know, something that's really simple, I'll just give people one little little piece of advice and the business advice here, and then I do know business. Um, one of the things you can do that's really simple, and it may sound dumb or silly, but it's really simple, is get yourself a credit card, whether that's through a bank or through a store that you use on a regular basis. I mean, shit, if you always buy your clothes at a certain store and they offer a credit line, get a credit card there, right? And then every time you go and you get the stuff you need, just bill it on the credit card and make damn sure you pay the entire balance off before the end of the billing cycle. That's it. It's so simple. Do it for a year. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you will improve your credit. Yep. And you could do this in any way, shape or form, whether again, you go to like a bank and you get a credit card and then you buy, you know, here's the truth of the matter. You're going to buy $200 worth of groceries every however often. Everyone's going to, it's inevitable. So why not put it on a credit card and then make sure you don't fuck that up and you save that money because that shows you're responsible. And then at the before that billing cycle's over, you pay it off, bam, it's back down to zero. So now what you've shown them is in one month, you can rack up and you can pay it off. And you yeah. do that for a year and it's gonna do wonders for you. If you do it with multiple cards, you can also then, another thing you can do is you can then close that card. So after you've had that card going for a year, now you've, you've used it, open a different card and close that card. Now you've got this one credit line, but now you've created a whole other point system on an additional credit line. So there are these little simple things you can do, and again, tangent, but business information, get good credit, build your credit. Seriously, you're gonna buy certain things every month, and if you're going to, then why not manage your money in such a, a fashion that it can help you to have a better score and ultimately be able to then finance more things for yourself. Yeah, buy a house or buy, yeah. buy a house, buy a car. You need you need good credit for that. So yeah, yeah. that, that so is good. That important. is that is good advice. I wish someone had given it to me before I got screwed screwed up into well, the system. I mean, I'm screwed. <laughs> system and I know all that stuff too. <laughs> yeah. So the reality is, is that sometimes, you know, you make decisions based on finances that are based on circumstances that are more catastrophe based, right? right. And, and and those decisions you make aren't always long-term decisions. They're short-term decisions. Yeah. And so they're short-sighted in nature, you know, and that's just part of the game. But the reality is, is that if you already know you have a certain amount of money, it's not that hard to budget the money. And that's what I've had to learn again, as, as you said, as I've gotten older through my own failures and my own trials and errors and, and successes as well. So I like to pass that along because I, I, I can't remember who it was, but I was talking to someone recently and I 
they were like, I, oh, my credit's terrible. And I was like, well, do you use your credit? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, that's why your credit's terrible. You just try this one thing. And they, they had no idea. And they're my age. And I was like, really right. don't know that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's the reason is because no one's educated. Yeah. No one teaches that. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Why is it that in high school, we're learning things that will never apply in our life? Yeah. Why are we learning things that are going to be applicable? Like, I, know, yeah, I never understood exercise that. Your credit. <laughs> I know. I never understood that. Yeah, it's obscene. Yeah. I mean, you could, yeah, you could make a purchase once a month and then instead of paying cash at the store, the, the next you go home and make the payment, exactly. you know, it's like, it's that simple, but that's simple. anyway, um, let me, let me just, let me think about if there's any other things I missed about the show that were interesting. Um, let's see. we got the prints. we got the blacks. we got the paintings. Has anybody ever? Somebody needs to buy the bronze soft spot. Let me just say. That I, know. Right. I know. Buy the goddamn bronze soft spot. It's, it's an amazing, one of a kind item. Yeah, it's incredibly expensive, but Jesus, it's probably seventy five hundred bucks. Beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen in my I life. I think you know, it's I, I consider it one of my masterpieces. You know, I, yeah. I, it's it's like one one a piece that I look at and I think that really I don't think I could think of anything to make that better. You know, really, I spent the time on it. I spent a lot of time on that thing because I was working at Rick's, at Rick Baker's while I was doing it. And that's what I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but that's what I originally wanted to do when I was getting into fine art was to do sculpture like that, just like the soft spot um, Mm -hmm. sculpture and paint it realistically. But this, we ended up doing a bronze because I sold the painted one. And uh, that was my, I think it was my first bronze Mm -hmm. maybe, but it came out so good. Grant Standard did such an amazing job on the bronze. You can't see a seam. It's just beautiful. Oh, no, it's just it's perfect. Incredible. But it's like $7,500, which is actually for a bronze piece like that's that. It's a great cheap. price. It's like, uh-huh. that's the other thing at the show. You know, I was like, as much as I was happy, everything sold. I'm like, man, I wish the prices were higher because I look at that clown piece. And to me, if I was to walk in a gallery and see that, I would think that's probably like a $10,000 painting, you know, or maybe like a $15,000 painting with the frame. And, you know, it's, but that's the game. That's the, that's the way the game is played. You you have to slowly raise your prices, bring your collectors along with you. Yep. And they make more money as time goes by so they can afford more and their their stuff that they bought early, you know, gains value. So it's it's, you know, as much as this this I, I raised my prices on this show. I was able to raise mm-hmm. them because you're supposed to raise them once a year, like, uh, I think, 10 to 20 percent. And um, so I was hey. able to j- bump them up a little bit. But, you know, they they do have custom frames, so they they cost more to make as well. So it wasn't totally a real bump, but anyway, what were you going to say? Somebody, well, I just, I thought of a question that somebody asked, I don't know, months ago <laughs> when we did the dark art marketing one. And I just remember the question they asked after. Okay. And what they asked was what, uh, you're, you're talking about raising prices, of course, when you're, as you're, you know, the years progress, but what about it? Someone asked, this was a question. I don't remember who it was now, but I remember the question they said, what about if you have a piece that you haven't sold and a year has passed is it derogatory to your career to lower the price on that piece? Well, you can lower it. it the standard is, you know, you can go down 20%. It's, it's like, it's okay to do that um, without it being too bad. But if you go and you like lower it in half, that would be bad. 
Okay. You know, if for some reason you have to do that, like you need money so bad that you have to like sell a wholesale price to somebody or a friend or something, that's kind of a different story. And, you know, as long as you don't make it public or make it like a common practice, a one-time mm-hmm. deal, then mm-hmm. that's another story and you kind of keep it under your hat. But, um, you know, when, if you start, if you start doing that a lot, then that that's, it's just the, the issue is, you know, if you're, if you're screwing, you're, if you're doing something consistently, it's going to screw your market up. That's bad for all the people that paid full price for it, you know? Right. Right. So, well, there's the answer to the question to whomever asked it. If you are <laughs> listening to this episode, <laughs> they're like, fuck it. They never answer my question. I'm done listening to the darker society. Yeah. We, you know, we got to do another, we should do another question Q and a, yeah, that was fun. Maybe we should put the put the word out to get some questions because it would be nice to have something. As well, a, let's put it out right now. Let's yeah. let's just put it up right now. Let's say, all right, people, we're saying we're going to do soon enough. I can't guarantee it's the next one. Soon enough, another Q and A one. So come on to SoundCloud and go in there and comment, or go into the Dark Art Society podcast on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Dark Art Society, and give us your suggestions and questions, and we will do another q and I'll put another one together. It takes me a little while to put it together. So. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so, uh, I guess that's... That, sorry. My phone's ringing. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So, anyway, sorry about if this wasn't as exciting. Um, I don't... I don't like to do shows where we're just talking about what's going on. I like to have some topic, usually something that's providing information. I don't want it just to be like a big. Well, I learned something from this one aside from just about the fear. I mean, I learned some interesting little tips and trades and secrets and ideas. And yeah. So if I learned something, I I imagine other people did too. Well, good. Yeah. I I just want there to be, you know, I, I, I want it to be valuable resource for people that was the other thing i will mention that i had so many people coming up and telling me how how much they love the podcast people i didn't i've never met there was a lot of people there i'd I'd never met before too you know a lot of times you get used to seeing the same old faces at the shows Mm -hmm. and and which is cool you know but it's nice to see new faces because then you know uh new people are are coming on board but a lot of people were telling me they really like the podcast so it's great it's finally kind of getting out there more so and that will that that's gonna be good for our our next thing we're planning on maybe trying to get going. Yeah, we got some we got something that not not only have we mentioned twice, but now we actually have in the works. We're in secondary communication in, in regard to doing the thing that we've not been talking about and only alluding to. <laughs> so ultimately, big exciting news for ways for y'all to get involved. Um, and we are in the process of actually lining the ducks up to, you know, get that happening and then we can announce it. But right now we're just going to, you know, make these obscure illusions and, and yeah. make you all wonder and guess <laughs> and ponder. I hate doing it, but we do want to say that they're just get you excited about things that are coming up. So, you know. yeah. And we also, we're not the kind of people that want to get you excited about something that then if it doesn't go exactly the way we planned, now you feel, you know, bummed out because you got your hopes up. So, <laughs> you know, I know better than to do that to people. <laughs> It's not cool. Nobody yeah. likes to be disappointed. Yeah. I'd rather not get excited about something at all if I'm just going to get disappointed at the end. You know, I'd rather just like ride the main line, you know, because <laughs> yeah. like if you're going to get excited and then be disappointed, it might be worse than even the excitement you got before it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, on that note, we're at 54 minutes and I can't think of anything else to say about the show other than thanking everybody who came out. 
Thank you, Gary and Erica. Thank you, Lee. Um, thank you to everyone who bought a piece. You know, thank you to everybody on social media who shared yes. and commented and and engaged on that level as well too, because that's the only way I could do anything this time around. Yeah, so, thanks. Yeah, you so. know, and I know it makes a difference for these. You know, it makes a difference. The more people that share it, the more exposure it gets. Even if you get three new people that have never been to the show before, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So and it was a, a great success, and I'm much appreciated. And I don't know when I'm doing another solo show. You know, it might be. I might take a year off. I'm planning on taking a year off. We'll see if it actually happens from hey, so not from which. taking a day, not a year off of doing anything, but a year off of a solo <laughs> show. Yeah. That'll be the day yeah. you already just finished your solo show and you're already like, Oh, well, you should be working this morning. <laughs> um, but Hey, tell people how, how long the show runs for. So they, cause people still might want to see it. Oh yeah. Well, it was, th- that's another good thing that, that, that happened is, um, uh, I think, um, the show that was after it, in November got pushed back a week or something. It got pushed back. So it was only going to be up for three weeks, but now it's going to be up, I think for four weeks. So yeah, it's going to be up longer than I had anticipated. So that's really cool. And I don't have the date on that. It's probably going to be four weeks from Saturday, you know, this last Saturday. Seventh. Yeah. So um, I'm not quite sure. But it is cool. Well, that's good enough. Yeah, four weeks. Just so people know that they can still, you know, catch and, the show. Yeah, because you know, some people get confused and be like, "Oh man, it's just a one night thing." Mm-hmm, Shit, yeah. I missed it. No, no, no. You guys can go. And, in fact, you can go back if you've already been and enjoy it with less yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, the galleries. It's true. Yeah. It's sometimes it's better to go see it. That's what I know. A lot of people do. They go to the opening for the party at- atmosphere and hang out, and then they go back to actually check out the art in peace. You know, and there's not a lot of people around. But the gallery is open. Uh, you can go to coprogallery.com for information. But the gallery is open, I think, Wednesday through Saturday from 1 to 6, I believe. Nice. So, um, yeah. So don't go on a Monday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Um, or else. Nothing no in the more. art world happens on Sunday, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday. We relax on those days and create. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was thinking I was going to take a, uh, a year off of doing a solo show, but, you know, Bergamot. Bergamot, the area where they have all those galleries where Capro is, they're cl- mm-hmm. they're going to tear that down, I think, in two or three years now. I mean, they're actually wow. talking. So they're about- literally planning it out now. And yeah, stuff. yeah, they're actually ha- they're having. I mean, it's been this has been going on for like ten years, so everyone knew about it. But they're finally meeting with the tenants and stuff, and you know, getting finalized dates. So if that is the case, maybe I won't take a year off next year. I don't know. If it's your last chance to show there. Yeah. It depends if it's two years or three years. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Anyway, I need, yeah, I, I need to, I need to take a break. Chad needs to take a break. Quit Woo. bugging him guys. <laughs> All so, right. Well, thank yes. you for tuning in. We always appreciate it. And if you guys can, you know, make an effort to either go over to Chet's website and buy something to help support funding of this, because of course it's free. Um, that's chetsar.bigcartel.com. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, a bunch of different sites. Uh, right now, I am way behind on YouTube. Uh, I haven't gotten them caught up. I can't afford to do it. I haven't had the time. I broke. So unfortunately, YouTube's a little bit behind, but we do plan on getting it caught up as well. But if you guys can rate and review us, share us, leave comments, engage in any way, shape, or form, it helps us to get farther reach and will help the Dark Art Society to reach more people. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Wow.
Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. All right, thank you. Bye.